Uh, so the reading is taken from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. So after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen, just as he had said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go, then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Amber. <clears throat> Happy Easter, everybody. I hope you've had a good day so far. I hope it gets even better. It's a good way to do it. I hope so far it's been all right. It's going to get even better. Um, you won't be surprised, perhaps, to hear that I'm going to speak for the next few minutes about the resurrection. Now, we've just been singing about that. And for those who are new to church, the term resurrection is perhaps a very kind of Christian-y sort of term. What we mean by that is Easter Sunday is the day when we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. He was resurrected. He was raised from the dead some 2,000 years ago. That's what I'm going to be speaking about. The resurrection, that Jesus is alive and has been raised from the dead. And I'm going to give you three R's, okay? Very preachy this, just to remember this by. First of all, I want to talk about the resurrection being real. Secondly, I want to talk about the resurrection being about a relationship. And thirdly, I want to say that the resurrection message needs to be relayed needs to be passed on. Okay? If you're making notes, I know some people like to, there's three R's for you to scribble down. About this time last year, there was a survey that came out. It had been conducted sometime in January, February time, I believe. About 2,000 people up and down the country, people from different faiths, asked questions about faith. And one of the questions was to do with the resurrection. And 23% of people who said they were Christians said they didn't believe in the resurrection. Let me say that again. 23% of people who said, I'm a Christian, also said, I don't believe in the resurrection. Now, if if you want to speak to me afterwards, I can send you the link uh, via email and you can have a look at that survey for yourself. But when I read that in the newspaper, I was confused. The reason I was confused, and I'm going to nail my colours right to the mast, right at the start, you can be a really wonderful person, a lovely, caring person, and not believe in the resurrection. You can be a believer in God and not believe in the resurrection. But by definition, you can't call yourself a Christian if you don't believe in the resurrection. Now, that isn't something that I'm just making up in 21st century Britain. 
right back, right at the start. This is key in the Christian faith. We have some creeds that we sometimes say. They're they're statements of faith that were written in the early centuries. Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. If you come along to this church, we say them in some form or other fairly regularly. And in that, we say, on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. Paul, who was writing very early on in the early church, in one of his letters, in 1 Corinthians, he says this. If Christ has not been raised, and Christ is another name for Jesus, meaning Messiah, if Jesus has not been raised, your faith is futile, pointless, not worth anything if Jesus has not been raised from the dead. Why? Because we're still dead in our sins, he says. We're still dead in the wrongs that we've done in our life, all the muck that's gone on. If it was just about the crucifixion on Good Friday, and we've had services around that and done walks up onto the heath and all of that, but if it was just about that and Jesus was still dead, Paul says that's a waste of time because your sins haven't been dealt with because you've got a dead person to worship. Who worships a dead person? Paul goes on in that same chapter in 1 Corinthians 15, and you can look it up when you get home. He said... These things are of first importance, primary importance, more important than anything else. These three things. First of all, that Christ died for our sins. Secondly, that he was buried. And thirdly, that he was raised on the third day. Now, church, we can disagree on certain things. And we're quite good at disagreeing on certain things. Inside individual churches and in different denominations, different types of churches. Let me throw out a few things, sounding controversial here, perhaps. A few things that we disagree on. Some of us us believe in, in baptism, in sprinkling water on babies when they're born. Some of us say you get baptized as an adult. We have different views on that. Some of us say that, that children can have communion, they can have bread and wine. Some say you've got to wait until you're an adult. Some churches still would, would, would say that women can't be in any form of leadership, and other churches say they should be in form of leadership. There's a controversial one. But all of these are not of primary importance. What's of primary importance, what makes you a Christian, is these three things. That Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he was raised from the dead. That's what the Christian church believes in. That's what we believe in today. That's what's being preached this Easter Sunday around the world. Now, if you get the chance, look at the different accounts that there are. There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Four different accounts of Jesus' life. If you get the chance this week, I'd encourage you to go away and and look at the different resurrection stories, the different rising from the dead stories about Jesus. And as you read those... You'll think, hold on, here we've got, we've got two angels, and in this story we've got one angel. And here we've got two Marys, and, and now we've got three Marys. And then we've got Peter running into the tomb, and hold on a minute, you know, what, what's going on here? Well, there are eyewitness accounts. If you've ever gone into a court of law, which I have in the past, don't worry, I've not got a long list of criminal offences. You hear all these different eyewitness accounts, they were all there. Perhaps... Perhaps a football is a better one. Now, in the days, if you watch football 25 years ago, 
30, 40 years ago as I did, in the days before everything was, was video analysed, used to come home from a game sometimes and the conversation would go like this. Oh, what a result, eh? We won 1-0. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Glad we won. Yeah, what a fantastic goal it was. Diving header from the edge of the box, 18 yards out. No, it wasn't. It was a six-yard out header. It wasn't 18 yards. Yes, it was. And when you say diving header, he kind of went like that. bloke next to you in the pub says, header? I thought it hit his knee. How, was the, how did the goal go in? Was it a header? Was it the edge of the box? Was it the six-yard box? Was it somebody's knee? Well, we don't know. Even in the papers sometimes they used to disagree because we didn't have videos to look at. But one thing we were clear, because it was there in black and white, we'd won 1-0. Because there it was, 1-0. We had three points. We've got to go up that season. Whether there were two angels or three angels, whether there were two Marys or three Marys, doesn't matter. What they all agreed on is that Jesus was alive. Jesus had been risen from the dead. The resurrection is real. But what convinces Mary Magdalene? And I know there's two Marys mentioned here. There's Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. I want to concentrate just on Mary Magdalene. The angels say to her, look, come and look. Come and look in the tomb. See where he was laid. Now that's important because she'd been there only a couple of days before. If you read in the previous chapter in Matthew, she'd seen where Jesus had been laid after he'd been crucified. That's what the angel was trying to get to see. Come and see. Because that space is is there, but he's not there anymore. But Mary's faith wasn't based in that. Faith in an empty tomb is not what matters. It's an encounter with a risen Jesus that transforms Mary Magdalene's life. Listen to what it says in verses 8 and 9. So the woman having, women, having heard from the angel, hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, ran to tell the disciples, suddenly Jesus meets them. Greetings. Not a complicated word, a kind of hello, how's it going kind of word that they would have heard before from Jesus. Greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Mary grasped his feet. The suggestion is that she kneels. That's what's going on about with worship there. Does she sing a song? Does she sing one of the songs that we've already heard? Who knows? Probably not. Does she say something? Don't know. But she grasps his feet. You grasp the feet of someone who's alive, don't you? Not of a ghost. She grasps his feet. What would she have seen as she grasped Jesus' feet? Well, more than likely, she would have seen the nail marks from a few days previously. As she worships, maybe she cries. Maybe she washes his feet with her hair. We don't know. But she's encountering and touching a real living person here. It's about a relationship with someone who's alive. That was 2,000 years ago. Let me tell you my story. Not quite 2,000 years ago, but 41 or two years ago. I was sitting probably where you're sitting, Jamie. Can you feel the anointing? (laughs) That's why you moved. (laughs) 
And someone was preaching out here at a toy service. And I know some of you have heard this before. But someone was preaching, and I was about seven or eight years old. And he was talking about Jesus' death and Jesus being raised from the dead. And as he was speaking, as an eight-year-old, did I grasp all the theological niceties of everything? Of course I didn't. But something happened in me as I heard that man preach. And I remember going home that night as an eight-year-old, surrounded by my teddies in my bed. And I had about 11 of them, actually, because I used to play football matches with them. But that's another story. And I just said a little prayer in my bed. Jesus, will you come into my heart? Because we believe that after Jesus went up into heaven 40-odd days later than all this happens, he sent his Holy Spirit, and Jesus can be as alive in us and to us today as he was 2,000 years ago. And this is my story. As I lay in that bed, I prayed that prayer, and something changed. I entered into a real relationship with a living person. That's why I stand here today, not because I've studied the Bible, but because I've encountered someone who's real, just like Mary Magdalene did all those years ago. If you read those encounters I'm encouraging you to read in the Gospels, you'll find time after time it's about a personal one-to-one encounter. You see, this is between you as an individual and Jesus tonight. You'll find time after time that's what Jesus did. Whether it was Peter who denied him three times. After the resurrection, Jesus seeks him out and restores him and forgives him. Or Thomas. Imagine being Thomas. Thomas isn't there later on that day when Jesus appears to the rest of the disciples. And he turns up a bit later and says, oh, we've seen Jesus. And he has to wait another week. Can you imagine that? When all your mates are saying, oh, we've seen Jesus. He's alive. And you're going, no, he ain't. Yes, he is. No, he ain't. He's dead. I saw him crucified. Even Thomas, with all these doubts, Jesus appeared to him a week later and restored that relationship. There may be some doubts here this evening. I'm sure there are. Please do come along if you've got time. And we can't debate all this tonight. We're running a course that starts 18th of April. Is that right? It's on this notice sheet. It's based on a a book called Case for Christ. It's called Fake News? Question mark on here. Come along, ask your questions. Disagree with some of the stuff that I'm saying tonight. Work it through, just like Thomas did. But let me ask you this question this evening, on this Easter Sunday, 2018. How's your relationship? Whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, how's your relationship with a real and living Jesus tonight? And secondly, do you actually have one? Think about that this evening. The resurrection is real. The resurrection is about a relationship with a living person. And thirdly, that message of the resurrection needs to be relayed. It needs to be passed on like a baton race. That's what happens here. Jesus said... Don't be afraid to Mary. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. I wonder what that conversation went like. As Mary Magdalene and the other Mary turned up. Peter, James, John, get to Galilee. There you're going to see Jesus. 
What do you mean, they were going to see Jesus? Yeah, 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 get to Galilee, because there you're going to see Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus is dead. Oh, 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 didn't tell you that bit. No, he's not. He's alive. How do you know he's, he's alive? Yeah, he's alive. You see, I went along this morning with, with the other Mary. You know the one whose surname we don't know, we just refer to as other Mary. Well, me and other Mary went along this morning. We went to the tomb, and as, as we were there, we saw these angels. But that's not the best bit. We actually saw Jesus. We touched his feet. He's alive. I love the fact it's Mary Magdalene. It was a woman. And I'm not being offensive here, but in the culture of the day, women weren't trusted with important news. They weren't allowed to be witnesses in court. This is evidence to me that this isn't made up. Jesus spoke to Mary. He wasn't bothered about what courts of law thought. He spoke to Mary because Mary really loved him. Because Mary had turned up at the tomb and he loved her. And she was the first, so to speak, evangelist, the first teller of good news, rushing off to the disciples. And so the message spreads. It's like a relay race. Except you can keep hold of the baton and pass on the baton. There we are, I've mixed that up a little bit. But it's true. I've got a personal relationship now with Jesus and I can pass on and tell you that Jesus is alive. And so the most transforming message that there's ever been in the history of the world has gone throughout the world. Isn't that wonderful? That we sit here today because that message has been passed on. Simple message. Jesus is alive. And you can meet him for yourself. I told you about when I was eight years old. I remember being about 14. A teenager of all the stuff that goes on when you're a teenager. And it was the first chance I had. I remember a friend saying to me, there's, a, there's this young girl who is thinking about Christian things. Would you like to chat to her about Christianity? And I met up with her and a friend, and we sat there. And she was the first person that I talked this through with and shared that Jesus was alive. And I remember praying that prayer with her. And her, she committed her life there to Jesus. She's still a Christian today. And as I was preparing this, I was thinking, I want to do more of that. Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what all this is about, really? Telling people about Jesus being alive? Isn't this more important than anything else? Surely. Billy Graham died, didn't he, a few weeks ago. The greatest evangelist there's ever been, most successful, more than 200 million people, it's believed, that he preached to in his lifetime. And who knows, there may be the next Billy Graham here tonight. Why not? There could be someone here tonight, as I've been speaking, you think, I want to relay that message. I want to tell people that Jesus is alive. I want to talk about his death and resurrection. But likely, most of us are not the next Billy Graham. But we've all got a message to tell, haven't we? Jesus is alive for us in the same way that he is alive and was alive for Mary Magdalene. He wants us to pass on that message. Let me leave you then with these challenges. This stuff is important. Back to the 23%. If 23% of people calling themselves Christians in 21st century Britain don't believe in the resurrection church, I think we've got a few stories to tell about the difference that Jesus has made in our lives as the risen saviour. 
But here's the challenge for us tonight. Firstly, am I living in that daily relationship with the living, risen Lord Jesus? Whether or not you're a Christian tonight, is it a daily reality to you? Maybe you need a nudge and encouragement to just ignite that again this evening. And secondly, am I relaying that message? Am I telling the greatest message that there's ever been? Am I passing on that baton? Thank you.